baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. So you think you're too old to take up a new sport? I don't care how old you are. I don't care what gender you are. I don't care where you are in your fitness level or your life. Like, show up and you're going to learn something new. Welcome to KCBS In-Depth, a discussion of one of the topics making news this week. This is KCBS In-Depth. Welcome to KCBS In-Depth. I'm reporter Holly Kwan. When you think of California sports next to surfing, you think beach volleyball. It's big at the Olympics, but now a Bay Area gold medalist is trying to make it more than just an every four years spectator sport. April Ross and Carrie Walsh Jennings are the champions. Carrie Walsh Jennings grew up in the South Bay, went to Stanford and won three golds at the Olympics. Now she's launching an ambitious project to disrupt the traditional pro volleyball circuit by creating a hybrid competition slash music festival slash food truck slash health and wellness expo. And it's not just for athletes or weekend warriors. It's for the rest of us mere mortals. And it's at the Avaya Stadium in San Jose the last weekend in September. So I'm looking at this and I like this whole notion of disruption. Yes. Is um, is intriguing because yeah. because it sounds like at least on my part, it sounds like you're trying to make things better. We are. And in what way? I mean, how do you how do you take on something as big as the establishment? Oh, hell. <laughs> Well, you know, it's a relative term because the establishment that we're taking on, we're not even taking them on. It's just like we see a void and lack and an opportunity to create something new and we are going to innovate and in the process we're disrupting. So what we're talking about is beach volleyball. The sport of beach volleyball and volleyball at large is beautifully, powerfully healthy. We are the number one sport for girls 8 to 18 um, the numbers keep increasing, and the grassroots efforts, NCAA collegiate programs, these are all gangbusters. However, at the top of the pyramid, the professional side of the sport is dying, and it's dying slowly. And therefore, Team USA, the trajectory that we've been kicking about for the past 20 years, we're going down because every professional right now, they train, they hustle like they're professionals, but they're getting paid like hobbyists. The number one player in the, in the country last year made $38,000. We pay to travel, to train, for lodging. So that's the number one player. So imagine what five through 10 are making or 10 below. So the sport is dying. And what P1440 is doing, we're repackaging and representing the way the sport is brought to market. We're bringing in other elements like health and wellness, personal development, and live entertainment because we want to bring net new eyeballs to the game. The sport itself is perfect, but beach volleyball fans don't want to pay to show up. It, it, but see, beach volleyball, it gets, do you, you feel like it's been, it's hugely popular every four years? Exactly. Well, that's the, I, I love that you said that. So right now, what's keeping us small, and it's, it was really hard for me when I came across this realization, is the Olympics. We're only relevant once every four years. We are the number one sport, volleyball and beach volleyball combined at the Olympic Games every summer. Number one sport, viewing and attendance, it's gnarly. And then we go away because only the top players in the world are only chasing gold medals. So what we need to do and what P1440 is doing is we are creating the NBA, ATP, NHL, NFL, NFL type model where the athletes cut their teeth, make their living on the tour itself, and the Olympics is the icing on top. But if you're only, you know, if you're only focused on a medal four years from now, the world's not going to care until about three and a half years from now. 
So we need the 365, 24-7, endless summer of beach volleyball. Um, and that's what we're creating. There was a, 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 a volleyball tournament, a beach volleyball tournament that was down here on the uh-huh. Barcadero yep. a couple of years in, in a row. Sure. And it was with the AVP. Pro- yes, with the yeah. AVP, right? Yeah. I remember going down there and covering it a couple of, of years in a row. Yeah. And it seemed really, really popular. Uh-huh. And it was it had a lot of people coming down there. Yeah. It caused a huge amount of traffic yeah. on the Embarcadero. <laughs> so I, I find it hard to believe that there isn't um, a spectator interest. There is a huge spectator interest. It's just right now, the current situation domestically is that it's a beach volleyball property only. So you have to love beach volleyball in order to show up. And when you show up on site, you're going to watch the best in the country, but usually you're going to show up, watch your favorite team, and then leave. The thing that we're doing at P1440 is that we are creating a festival experience. So you're going to have so many offerings to choose from. If you have kids, we're going to have a rock climbing wall. We're going to have a kid's zone. We're going to have a kid's court where they can play. We're going to have a health and wellness village where you can learn from the experts about how you should be fueling yourself. We're going to have a live podcast taping with Tom Bilyeu of Impact Theory. So there's education around mindfulness and mindset. Um, you can train like the athletes with the experts that we're going to have on hand. You recover like the athletes in a recovery row. You know, so we're adding these elements because, you know, words don't teach, only experience teaches. And the one thing I get so often from kids, from parents, from athletes in their 40s, 50s, they're like, who, what is the go-to resource? Like, how do I do this life and keep ascending in life instead of feeling overburdened and overwhelmed? And we are creating that at P1440. You know, so we want to be the go-to ecosystem and resource center to have tangible experiences so that you can therefore take what you learned and go apply it to your life to live a better feeling life. Is it, um, I'm seeing two different things, like number one, either bringing your kids, yeah. like you said, you uh-huh. know, the kids can train, they can get interested in it. But but I, is it also getting people interested in like, you know how people are, are running like half marathons now? Oh, man. So, and, and so yeah. many more, you yeah. know, and a lot of them are, are women yeah. that are, you know, in their 30s and 40s yeah. doing that. Do you envision then trying to... Because nothing would make me happier than to be able to play beach volleyball. But oh, I just keep so thinking, fun, I keep thinking like, okay, it is like that, that train has left the station. The hardest part, that's not true in life, unless you think it is. Like how your mindset is so important in life. Okay, so our dear friends, the Snyder family, they invented the color run. You're probably familiar, global initiative, and they wanted to get kids and families and communities moving together. And the way they did that, they lowered the barrier to entry. You know, if you go, if you sign up for a 10K or an Ironman, like it's gnarly and it feels like you have to be a certain level to show up and participate. Totally. The color run gets rid of that. It's about fun. It's about moving. It's about community. That's what we're doing at P1440. We are so inclusive. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what gender you are. I don't care where you are in your fitness level or your life. Like show up and you're going to learn something new and you're going to get practical takeaways to go and implement in your life. But you know, it's just access is important. People need to see it and touch it and feel it. My parents, I grew up in Saratoga, 20 minutes from Stanford University. They took me to Stanford games. I was a ball kid at Stanford volleyball games growing up. That planted the seed in my head that paved the way for my whole life. I ended up going to Stanford 10 years later, you know, on a college scholarship. I've been to five Olympics because of the seeds that were planted. And so what P1440 is, is we literally want to be gardeners and we want to plant these seeds for everyone across the board. You know, we certainly want to cater to kids and and the families, Um, but I don't care if you're single, if you're 90, if you're married, whatever it is, you know, there's, there's a lot to be had. We're going to have a great, you know, um, food experience. So you're going to come and eat and drink and enjoy because we want to have you, have you celebrate the moment. They're only 1,440 minutes in a day. How are you mindfully living those minutes? 
And that's kind of the fundamental reason why we exist. It seems very holistic because um, not to be all, you know, L.A. beachy kind of mindset thing. But I know what a lot of people probably think that. Oh, for sure. This is science backed. This is data driven. You know, the the gratitude mindset, like optimization through recovery and sleep and nutrition and mindfulness. Like the, it's really hard to talk about because it sounds fluffy and and hokey and like you need a guru in order to, you know, meditate or whatever it is. But these are like the meditation in my life, the Pilates in my life, the recovery in my life makes me a killer. You know, they're all soft kind of term and fluffy yeah. term things, but they make me so laser focused and so sharp that I can go, therefore, perform on my job, kick butt and take names. You know, so I just think that once you experience it, it shifts. And all the taboo nature of these things that we're offering go away. And you're like, this is the real deal. But you have to experience it. Is there uh, an event where you have a combination of competition uh-huh. and, and then you mix in the festival um, expo yeah. um, version of it where I was imagining, you know, down with the AVP. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, if they just had a tent where they were selling sweatshirts or, oh, you we're know, have or the short experience and, you know, all the whole all of yes, that stuff, because yes. it's like, you know, maybe I can't, you know be Carrie Walsh Jennings, but I can dress like her. Yeah, no, we, yeah, I, I appreciate you asking that. This is a true festival experience where we are a merger of sport and lifestyle and optimization. So you show up and you can engage, you can watch, you can enjoy, you know, you you can learn. Um, we want people to come and have fun and we want people, again, to show up and spend your time with us. 1,440 minutes, that's all you get. So we're going to commit to you by creating this amazing experience. We want you to commit to us with your time and buying a ticket and showing up. And I guarantee you the return on your, you know, on your commitment to us will be, you know, given in 20-fold at least. Corporate-wise, what's the hard part? Is is the is the hurdle getting people interested in it? Is it getting them motivated to to want to to see and spend their day doing this or is it the the corporate sponsorship that that still has a sort of an old boys mindset no you know well we're a new property so with that comes you know comes challenges we're unproven and the thing that we hear when we sit down with browns uh, with brands you are timely you are evergreen um you are have a global message you are female like led that's beautiful um, you are sport, wellness, and entertainment. Like you are amazing, but you're unproven. So why don't you go kick butt in San Jose and then we'll talk about the big money. You know, our each event is through three million bucks. Like that's how much we're committing to these experiences. And that is beautiful. You're gonna have best in the world beach volleyball players competing for $300,000 prize money. We're live on ABC. We have all these amazing, beautiful cooperative components. Um, and I think the brands just need to see us and feel us and touch us, you know? Um, but we we are looking for alignment through our brand partners. You know, we don't want to be NASCAR. We would rather have, you know, five to seven founding partners that we that become the DNA of us and take over the sport and we create the sustainable model. But our brand partnerships are hugely important. Um, and again, we're relevant. Like we're relevant. I don't care what demographic you want to hit. Like we are relevant. And so it's a really exciting time. It's really powerful. Um, I can't wait to get the partners that we're with. There's so much power in alignment, you know. Do you feel that... Um there's this trend, I guess maybe I see it in entertainment as well, where, where you know, if you don't like the way that this is, create your own. Heck yeah. That's the beauty of 2018. You know, and actually that's kind of one of the, I guess, solutions that we're offering with P1440 is that everyone's an expert. Everyone's their own brand, you know? So it's like, which expert do I listen to? And what brand do I look to? Like, who's real? And so we're going to do that vetting process for you, <laughs> you know? And at P1440.com, you're going to be able to experience and learn from our experts 365, 24-7. And then on-site at our festivals, you're going to be able to engage with them. Um, but, you know, it's it's a beautiful world that we live in. 
And I think it's beautiful that we all have these platforms to create and to inspire and to, you know, help people achieve their best. And social media is a very powerful vehicle. And um, we want to, you know, this is a movement in pure positivity. And um, I don't know where I'm going with that, but it's just, it's an, an exciting time in the world right now. Okay, this may be a dumb question, but P1440, what does that mean? Okay, so we are Platform 1440. And we are, I was in marriage counseling with my husband. And one of his biggest complaints is, babe, you give the world your time, your energy. You come home, you're exhausted. You're happy, but you're exhausted. And the time you spend with us is less. And it's less quality because of all that you give. So we're in marriage counseling. Mike Gervais, our sports performance psychologist, says, Jennings family, you only get 1,440 minutes. Like, be mindful of how you're living those minutes. And it was like a slap to my face. Like, that's all I get every day. And I need to take control of this. So everything that we build at P1440 is through that filter of time. Like if you are in the present moment, if you are where firmly planted where your feet are mindfully, you know how powerful you are. If you're living in the past, you're probably sad. If you're living in the future, you're for sure anxious. But if you're in the moment, you can deal with anything so much better. You're so much more powerful and in tune with yourself. And so it sounds like a fluffy type filter that like we just talked about, but there's so right. much power there. And if you, when you bring in the other elements of sport and wellness and mindfulness, it's just as legit as it gets. Do you feel like it's hard to convince people of that, that we're so, um, we're so driven by the high cost of living in the Bay Area, the right. traffic, yeah. the, the getting to work, the mm -hmm. how am I going to get the kids, you know, pick them up from soccer? How what am I going to put on the dinner table <laughs> the today? Real. Right. Man, no, I think it's, it's, it's the way life is right now, but I don't think we need to be slaves to it. I So I listen to a lot of podcasts because I'm just intrigued by human potential and by those who are kicking butt in life. If you're a sporty, if you're a doctor, if you're a scientist, whatever you're doing, musician, performer. Um, and everyone that I listen to who's kicking butt, they wake up early, they make time to meditate, and they know what they want. They have, very, they have clarity in what they want to achieve. And so I started waking up at 4.30 in the morning an hour and a half before my kids at first it was painful, but then I became addicted to it. And you know what? My life start, my days started to feel like I was on vacation because I started every day with plenty of time prior to waking up early. I would wake up when my kids would wake me up and then it was like off to the races and I was frazzled right. and I was always catching up. But if you can take the time to start your day with mindfulness, I swear to God, you're like a superhero. It's it's nutty, but you have to commit to it. Jocko Willink, one of my favorite um, podcasters, he says, do you know how you uh, become a morning person? He says, you go to bed a morning person. So you have to plan and prep and go to bed knowing what you want to do the next day. And if you can make that commitment to yourself consistently, it's game over. Do you go to bed before your kids? Heck no. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe sometimes, um, but not on purpose. No, my kids, they go to bed between 730 and 8. Like sleep is huge for our young. I have a five-year-old, eight and a nine-year-old um, and they're in bed. We prioritize sleep. My husband and I are both athletes. We're both entrepreneurs now with 1440 and sleep is a huge, huge deal for us. If I don't get a good night's sleep, I'm in trouble and I'm kind of a jerk. And so we prioritize that. Um, you know, it's the little things. It's the things that you can control that help you take ownership of your life. It's how you feel yourself. Um, with nutrition, it's hydration, it's how you sleep. Um, and it's like what you allow to enter your system, whether it's social media, the news you're watching, the people you're hanging with, like we have control of these things. And all of these things have an impact on our body. So again, 1440 is really going to try to just help people like take control of their lives and be autonomous. I want to be autonomous in my life. I don't want to rely on you to have a good feeling day. I want to kick ass on my own. Do you uh, control what your kids are, are mindful of what your kids are consuming? 
of course. When it comes to not just food, mm-hmm. social media, yep. news. There's no technology in our house. It's once in a while. Like they don't have iPads. They have an old school Nintendo that Nintendo that they play once in a while. I think I played that. Um, oh, it's so fun. I know, and that's just more for me than for them. Um, it's like so Pong we can play or something exactly. Like that, right? Super Mario Brothers. We're very mindful. We're not perfect. Our kids eat pizza. They enjoy it. You know, we love French fries and hamburgers. Um, but we're mindful. You know, we we talk about the things that matter to us in our household and our kids like, you know, again, you're planting seeds and are these little babes. And I feel like if you give your kids the foundation of being mindful and, you know, being selective with what you're bringing into yourself, what in whatever capacity, they're going to live their lives that way mindfully. Not that they're perfect and they're not going to make mistakes, but you're giving them a better chance of success. Do you ever see parents doing something that you like go, oh, gosh, I oh my gosh, my do. husband is like the technology police. <laughs> When we go to a restaurant, if there are kids or parents on their phone, like he wants to go and shake them and say, wake <laughs> up, you know, and it's just, I get it. Like we, you know, we need breaks, you know, and technology is such an easy thing. And I love technology, you know, but there's a good way to use it. Um, we just see with our kids that if they play too many video games, if they're online too much, they turn into little punks and they don't get along as, as well. They're fighting more over little things. And so we see the triggers in their brain, you know, where we're pretty aware of it. And we've lived life without technology and life with. And we very clearly know that moderation is key and less is more with regard to that. Um, so, yeah, we are mindful for sure. But you don't want your kids to grow up um, realizing that that there's a world of, of esports and, and and they must say, well, how can we have to we can't we can't do esports. We have to do real sports. Uh, well, hopefully, you know, I, I and no, there's no disparagement against esports, you know, or technology. Like, I love technology. It helps me perform at my highest level. It helps me communicate when I'm on the road. You know, there's beautiful, beautiful things. But, um, you know, I just, I just, there's no substitute for true hands-on experience and for real connection. You know, it's it's hard to connect, you know, through cameras and, and through texting and all these things. And we just want our kids to lead with authentic, real communication and experiences. Um, you know, people are like, they're going to be dumb. They're not going to be able to like, like, kept, like keep up with regard to technology. I'm like, do you know how long it takes these kids to learn these things? Right. My kids are smart. They're inquisitive. And they'll figure it out and they're going to live, live a happy life in the meantime. So, um, you know, inspiring, you know, parents and kids to just get out and play together, you know, or go on a walk together or just read books. Like there's so many beautiful old school things that <laughs> old school are book. so poignant. I know how novel it's fine. Um, exactly. It's like my favorite thing. But, you know, our kids teach us every single day and um, it's really, really fun. And I, I feel like I'm coming across like a preacher and all these things. And we are so imperfect and my I'm crazy every day and I'm on my phone too much. But I know what I want to do and I know how I want to inspire my kids to live. And again, they teach me just as, as much as I teach them. I just don't want to get in the way. Do you think that we as a society or we in the Bay Area are 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 salvageable? Of you course. Know? Oh, man. I really believe that you can set the tone and reset the tone for your life right this second. It's all where you want to go. Like if you're looking at the problem, if you're like knee deep in the confusion or in the hustle, you're probably going to stay there. But if you know where you want to go... And if your eyes are clearly focused on that, you'll kind of problem solve faster. You'll stay optimistic because you know where you want to go. And if you have a why behind all of this, then yes, everyone is salvageable. And I think the Bay Area is the most beautiful place in the world to live. It is my heart. I'm a NorCal girl with all my heart. And this is where, you know, this is where a revolution happens and where people are shaping and, and, and cleaning up the world. And I'm so proud to be from this area. Um, I wish the best for this area. And we are leaders in so many ways. I just don't want us to forget the power of the moment. 
you know, and, and really being where your feet are because that's the most powerful thing we can be. And that's that's where we can be most influential. That sounds like a, it comes from a lot of, of sports psychology, a lot of your experience. Sure. But but it's it, it translates. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, it's all universal. You know, I've been an athlete for my entire life. I go and I talk to companies and corporations where I'm like, God, I'm like the dumbest one in the room. Yet the, the lessons that I've learned through sports, it's there's so many parallels, you know, and just in order to succeed, you know, you need to have these intangibles. In my sport, it's amazing to be physical, but what separates good from great is the mental and the emotional capacity. You know, and I think that's the same across the board, probably in your job. It's just like you have to be willing to hustle, but you have to go all in. And a lot of people in life don't want to go, go all in. They hedge their bets, you know. So I think we become who we're surrounded by, and ultimately what we focus on, we attract in our lives. And if you can surround yourself by great people and focus on what you want, then good things happen. But it's hard to believe when you're you see yourself as a, a cog in the wheel. You know, you're yeah. you're just somebody who 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 works for the company. Sure. And um and somebody else's decisions affect mm-hmm. you. Yeah. It, it's hard to maybe that's why you do need more um autonomy. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's like taking pride with where you're at. You know, there's a book um called The Carpenter by John Gordon and this guy is a handyman, but he is a craftsman. You know, and he takes his time and he's deliberate and he's intentional. And I feel like as an athlete, you can be on the bench and never play one point, but you can be a leader and you can help you support your team to greatness. And you could be a cog in the wheel, but you could also set the tone and inspire and do your job so amazing. Even if it's this big in the big scheme of things, you can redirect the course of everything. I really believe that. And how you like frame where you're at in life is hugely important. You know, be a craftsman doing whatever you're doing. And then that's powerful. It doesn't mean you have to stay there forever. Be happy being a cog. If you feel like a, if you feel like a cog, work so hard so you can go somewhere else. But um, you know how we think about our lives is, is really important. So this expo is going to be next. Well, end of September. September twenty eighth through thirtieth at Avaya Stadium grounds. Okay. Yeah. That's the, is that that's the first one? It's the first one. It's my hometown. I went to Archbishop Midi. I went to Stanford. We're bringing this home. The sport is so beautiful. The Bay Area loves their sports teams. You know, I would love the Giants and the. The Warriors and the Sharks fans and the A's fans to come on out and support and the Niners fans to come on out and support. Um, But, you know, we are so much more than sport and we are a universal message. And I hope everyone can show up. If you can't show up in person, um, it will be live on uh, ABC on Sunday, which is a big deal. Um, One to three Pacific on ABC. Um, The competition part. The competition part for the championship will be yeah live on ABC. Um, and then p1440.com. Tickets are on sale. They're super reasonable. Our bands, we have Group Love, Foster the People, Daya, Marion Hill, Magic Giant. Like our, our music talent that will end our days is incredible. So show up for the amazing beach volleyball. Show up to train or recover like an athlete. Show up for the live music. Yeah. And, and is there any, anybody ever done something like well, this? Well, you know, you look at, I mean, the Olympics, <laughs> you know, yeah, is okay. a festival of sports. But you look at like the NBA, the NFL, they're offering... They're all having to offer other elements to just the sport because yeah. you want to engage yeah. the millennials, millennials. You want to create that new fan base with the young kids. And so with our sport, the beauty of this beautiful, powerful sport, we're 25 to 40 million in the U.S., 800 to 900 million globally play volleyball. That is ginormous. Yet professionally, we're pretty small. So we can maneuver and we can create. And that's why the brands, the opportunity for the brands for what we're creating is to really own a professional sport and to become the DNA and just create pure positivity for the world. And and the the level of competition are these are people best who- in the world, best in the world. You know, and something that we're doing which is unique to our sport. Usually, it's USA versus USA or USA versus Brazil, country versus country. We're mm-hmm. taking that off. So if you're the best 
find the best partner in the world that you can play with. So I'm playing with a Swiss girl, Anouk um, Dupree. She's the number one player in Switzerland. My husband's playing with a Brazilian. Um, we have the best in the world. We have the top two teams from Canada coming to compete. We have Brazilians. We have people from Germany. We have people from all over the globe coming to compete, and they are the best in the world. This expo is just the latest example of athletes reclaiming their sport and taking it directly to their fans. So says Paul Swangard, who teaches sports brand strategy and advertising at the University of Oregon. And this is part of a growing trend, I think, by athletes trying to take more control and ownership over um, over the sport. Uh, you know, the, the, the best examples of that are things like um, Players' Tribune and other services where the athletes have basically you know, skipped uh, from, you know, their own brand through the media to the, you know, to the, to the voice, to the people and have become their own, you know, distributors of content and coverage uh, of themselves. So, you know, Kerry is, is attempting to disrupt a very traditional, you know, structured pro sports league and is trying to offer obviously something much more uh, broadly defined than a than a volleyball tournament on a beach. It's uh, you know a holistic lifestyle event that she hopes will draw a much broader audience. It's not like going up against the NBA or the NFL, but but maybe in 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 volleyball circles it kind of feels like it. Yeah, to a certain extent, this is a good experiment for what is sort of a niche sports in the United States. It gets, you know, good visibility in the Olympic years and, you know, certainly has the ability to draw an audience and to create value for those involved. But, you know, to bring in the health and wellness, you know, perhaps will give, uh, you know, the sport a chance to have a more broad exposure and popularity. Okay, but but business-wise, how, how realistic is it to be able to launch something like this um, without big corporate sponsors and, and to have sort of that longevity? You know, it's going to be an uphill battle. I think she's going to have to have some, you know, early success with, you know, these initial events. Um, you know, I, I'm not aware, uh, quite honestly, you know, just how, how much, you know, sponsorship she's been able to garner around this. She's certainly getting, you know, the attention of the industry. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, there are lots of brands looking around for ways that they can engage consumers in a more, um, you know, real-time way. And so these these types of festivals, whether it be uh, in music or the arts uh, or in sports, you know, are certainly popular platforms for companies and it's just about matching what a company's looking for in an audience and uh and an association with an event and if you know carrie can offer something that brands want then those dollars will make a huge difference to making this successful do you see other sports um fitting this kind of model like like i don't know skateboarding uh surfing oh sure i think you know i think there's a there's a there's a global trend now. I mean, even if you look at some of the major sports, you know, the, the traditional notion of people buying tickets to go sit in a venue and watch sport for sports sake is becoming harder and harder um, to convince those, you know, those patrons to come. So you have to offer something more broadly, you know, in terms of entertainment values. So I think, yes, these will be uh, in some ways great experiments, but also, probably the right type of idea at the right time where the, you know, the industry was recognizing that the traditional models aren't as successful as they used to be. The irony of that is that there's such popularity with esports. 
True. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you see some of these, uh, you know, these incredible, you know, pictures and scenes of thousands of people sitting around watching people, you know, play the video games. And, and that's, that's a whole genre to itself. Um, we've seen, you know, the success of poker coming to television and, you know, creating a whole sort of new industry sector around sports coverage. There are, you know, often going to be examples of things that we just, you know, aren't ready to predict nor ready to understand but um it it makes the industry quite quite dynamic and and fun to follow and i think carrie's you know efforts here are um are going to be really interesting to watch that's paul swangard instructor of sports brand strategy and advertising at the university of oregon with olympian carrie waltz jennings i'm holly kwan you've just heard kcbs in-depth a news interview program for all news 740 and fm 106.9 kcbs Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.